Zack Snyder's Justice League, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier are debuting this week, so we got a lot of news we need to talk about. So on this week's episode, I have two very special guests, Ricardo Salgado from the Pop Culture Reference Podcast, and Sean, aka Mirage, talking about his brand new music, all coming up right here on Live Action Remake. Welcome back to Live Action Remake, your source for movie news, TV news, reviews, and recommendations. My name is Diego, and we have our very second guest on the show today. Give it up for Sean, a.k.a. Mirage. How's it going, man? Hey, what's good, y'all? How you doing, man? Many of you may not know, Sean and I actually went to high school together, and now he is a musician, an artist, a very interesting rapper. You definitely got to check him out. I'm so happy to have you on the show, man. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. It's been like what? How many freaking like four? Oh man, like four. Dude, coming up on four. It's been a minute. We haven't seen each other in quite a bit, but it's yeah, man, really good to hear yeah, you. Yeah, likewise, dude. It's um, oh my god, so much happened. <laughs> so much is just this past year has been ridiculous, but everything since has been, it's been a lot, man. But listen, I'm here to talk to you specifically about your brand new music, uh, in blood. It's pretty fantastic, but why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Oh man, where do I even start on that? This is um, this is this is um a project that I've been putting together for quite some time, really. Um, so as you might have noticed, um, it's a uh, it's just two tracks so far, and the title is In Blood Prologue, um, because what I'm trying to do is like, this this is part of a series, you know. Um, I take a lot of influence from like comics and manga. In like um just like my art my views my aesthetics and so I'm, I'm setting this up like it's a series basically you know this is like this, this ain't even chapter one this is like a little taste of what's to come because like these are just two singles from like a mobility up to you know yeah they did kind of they had this kind of intro kind of feel they, they were pretty short songs but i i have to say i was telling sean about this but if you guys like donald glover's song bonfire it has a very similar like horror anger kind of element to it that is pretty damn good i gotta say yeah it's um i took a lot of influence from um artists that are kind of like within that realm you know like i wouldn't call myself like a horrorcore rapper just because like i don't know those dudes are like doing some weird shit right now but um (laughs) yeah i mean i definitely think just like elements of like rage and fear have been really prominent in my music for a long time you know and like even like when you look at my older music like it's there it's not like as pronounced because like i I started off making lo-fi music basically Mm -hmm. but um yeah like as i've evolved and like figured my own sound out it's much more like harsh and abrasive you know like i was actually listening to like not just rap music while trying to put it together but like a lot of like metal as well and like industrial rap like experimental music type shit all of that that's pretty cool, man. What other uh, artists inspired you, and what comics and manga you said kind of inspired this? What, like, which ones? Oh man, so in terms of artists, um, just off the top of my head, um, so a couple personal friends of mine actually like um, are a really big influence on me because like they make music too. You should go check them out, like um, Cameron Bolden, Lower Lip Drip, Grave Dream, Picture Perfect. Um, um, yeah, like, I actually take a lot of my, like, influence from my friends, like, in the, um, like, local rap scene nowadays, because, like, there's some hidden gems in there that have been, like, ready to come up for some time now. Um, so, they're definitely a big part of it. In terms of, like, larger artists, um, def- influence from, uh, Kendrick Lamar, um, I take influence from Grip, 
I take influence from like the weekend future, Freddie Gibbs, all of them, you know? And so like um yeah, I wouldn't say there's like one specific artist that like I try to like imitate or bite their style. Like I just like hear something I like and I incorporate in that into like my own style, put my own like twist on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get you. That that sounds awesome. Look, listen to In Blood on Spotify, Apple Music. Where else can they find you? Oh man, yeah. So uh Spotify, SoundCloud for sure. Um, it's on YouTube. Um, if you'd like to support me directly, you can buy it off of Bandcamp because like streaming services, like they don't pay that much, you know, like it's actually a lot more like for artists to buy directly from them. Um, other than that, I'm also on like Apple Music. I think I'm on TikTok and Tidal. Like I got to check because like I barely be on those. <laughs> I get you. TikTok's one of those that I just I, I, I haven't I haven't decided yet whether I'm going to do make videos for that yet yeah it's weird because like i like it but i'm still trying to figure it out you know like i don't know how to make a funny video like i can be funny it's more of a situational thing i just think that's the that's the the one that makes us feel old you know what i mean like that's the one where it's like i wasn't young when this came out i'm i'm already an adult now i don't know (laughs) i don't know man yeah bro these kids are crazy man they're saying (laughs) stuff that like i look back at when i was in middle school and like even i wasn't that bad like it, it, it's some shit going on on that app. I, would, I don't know if they're bad. I'd say they're bold, but they're definitely they're definitely something. It's interesting. But and I digress. We have you on the show not just to talk about your music, which is really exciting, but we're gonna talk movies, news, and stuff. But first, as I do with all my guests, well, you're my second guest. We're gonna get into the interview, all right? So I kind of explained to you how this game works. I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions about movies, TVs, your all opinion based questions, right? As soon as we get to question number four, if you say something that I disagree with, that is the end of the interview. The goal is to get to the eighth question, but really just answer honestly, because we just want to know your opinions. Sound good? Oh man, I've been waiting for this one. Let's go. I bet. I believe Ricardo got to number six, if I'm not mistaken. So if you can get that, that's the record to beat. All right. I see where I'm at. All right. So these first one, these first couple of ones, they're not, they're not like. Uh, they're just your opinions and they're just conversations. There's no there's no disagree part to this. It's just I just want to know your opinions about these things, right? For sure. So clearly this past year we've all been in quarantine for quite a bit. What is the best show that you've seen in quarantine? Man, um I would definitely have to say Vinland Saga. Um I actually I I didn't get to talk about this like um in the earlier segment, but that is actually like one of the um the anime manga that inspired me while I was like putting the project together because um like, is, is it cool if I talk about the premise? We have enough time for that? Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, please. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. It's this um historical fiction about, um like, Thor- Thorfinn Karlsefni, who is the Viking that led the expedition to the Americas. Oh, no um, like, Yeah, yeah, it's like, um it's not, like, as commonly known. Like, I'm sure, like, more people know this nowadays. But, yeah, Vikings were the first of that continent. And so, like, this show is basically just about, like, his journey as, like, a warrior and as a person. And it's actually got some, like, surprisingly positive messages, despite, like, just how dark it is. Like, it's actually very pro-pacifism, despite the raw amount of violence. And I, I thought that was pretty crazy. Is this, like, historical fiction, or is this, like, more of a, like, uh, or is this uh, realistic, or what is this? Uh, yeah, it's definitely historical fiction. Like, there's not really very many, like, supernatural elements. It's just a bunch of really strong, like, regular dudes beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> it's awesome. Where can we watch this one? 
Um, so it's currently on Amazon Prime. I think it might still be on YouTube actually, because I don't know if they got like all the licensing to air it in the U.S. yet. So like they can't copyright it here. But but like I, that that was a few months ago. So I don't know if they're still up. But like it's on Amazon Prime for sure. Um, you could probably rip it off like any free anime website as well. We love free. We love free on this show. So absolutely. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> we love free. All right. Next question. Clearly, music is a big part of your life. What is the best movie soundtrack to you? For some time now, it's been a tie between Black Panther and um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Absolutely. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> like, they just have this, um, like, well, usually when you get rappers on a movie soundtrack, it sounds like super generic, like, washed-up pop, you know? Like, like, that's just how it is, like, a lot of the time, because, like, they try to water it down for, like, just, like, more mainstream audiences, like, keeping that shit PG. But I really appreciate, like, especially what they did on the Black Panther soundtrack, where they, like, just got, like, an actual rap artist like Kendrick Lamar and just got him to be, like, the executive producer and, like, design that whole album. Because it sounded, like, it sounded much more like a piece of art than, like, just, like, something ripped out of, like, another, like, form of media. Most of those songs didn't even make it into the movie, like, but the album was just such a good standalone on its own. It had this, like, sense of wonder that was just, like, awesome to me. Yeah, it wasn't poppy, it wasn't generic, it wasn't trying to fit into the mold, which could have easily been what it was for a Marvel movie, you know, sometimes it's, it's gotta be what it's gotta be, but yeah, it had that, uh, there were songs in there that just didn't even have like a regular flow, and it was it was so good. Yeah, like it didn't sound like there were expectations, they just got together and made some good music, and like blended that into the film. I think if you're one of those people who are just so against heroes of color, like one of the biggest arguments against them would be just the albums of people of color are just way better. Like in the movies, like Black Panther, Miles Morales, they got the best albums. Like let's have let's have more black superheroes so we can get better music in the movies. Like please. Yeah, it's like I've noticed jealousy's always been a big factor in like um just any person of color getting any type of like platform or spotlight. You know, like there's that phrase um to mm-hmm. the oppressor like equality feels like oppression type shit. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's def- there was definitely a lot of security around, uh, insecurity around that, I'm sorry. And I think, like, a lot of the, like, stigma against, like, rap music, which is also, like, very racially charged, was a big part of that, for sure. No, man, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, man. What is the worst live-action remake of a beloved cartoon for you? Oh, man. Um, there are a lot of them these days. Whoo! At Disney. Um... And just off the top of my head, um, I would definitely have to go with um, Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> Oof, that's a deep yeah. cut. <laughs> yeah, like I, like that that one was so bad that people don't even talk about it. Like there were no memes. There's like no cult following. That shit had to disappear because we yeah. did not appreciate it. There was that's, nothing salvageable about that film. That's a good point. Like I never thought about like even like Mortal Kombat movies, which are pretty bad. They have cult followings. Yeah. No one does talk about Dragon Ball Z. Ooh, damn. <laughs> yeah, and like a, good one. a lot of these like remakes really piss me off. Not because they're like not just because they're bad, but like especially with like live action anime remakes, for example, like that shit they did with Ghost in the Shell where they like casted Scarlett Johansson to play an Asian woman and like literally like tried oh. modifying her features and stuff. Like there's just a trend yeah. that I've noticed in general, like with cinema of just like co opting that- Asian art and then like remaking it but way shittier like death note like just i i can name i can yeah name it. yeah no i get you yeah freaking death note that train to busan remake that they're trying to do um 
the the entire concept of the Hunger Games was ripped from freaking Battle Royale, which was like a film in the '90s with basically the same concept. I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, dude, you should check out Battle Royale. It's like, it, it's gritty, it's brutal, but it, it's beautiful, man. Just like, that's what I really appreciate about a lot of like um, like Asian art as well. You know, like especially the more like gritty stories. Like they're not afraid to pull punches. They're not afraid to um, break tropes in order to um like tell a good story and like i think that's like why i've become so hooked on like um anime and manga and just like a lot of like east asian like art in general because like i just don't western cinema anymore western cinema is becoming very repetitive i'll very much just the same old thing and it's a whole other problem yeah all right yeah it's crazy all right me and you are both pretty big mcu fans or at least we were in high school so I don't know if you've seen WandaVision. Did you watch WandaVision at all? Oh, man. I, I have to be honest. Like, I, I didn't make it past the first two episodes. And, like, I, I've been hearing from people that it gets way better. So, like, one of these days I'm going to sit down and, like, finish it. But, yeah, like, I, I haven't I, caught up with it yet, unfortunately. I definitely recommend you do if you like Oats to TV. But in the in the vein of a WandaVision or a Falcon and the Winter Soldier, what is a MCU spinoff show that you want to see? Now, this is the first question where if we disagree, this is where you get cut off, all right? Oh, man. So pitch me an ideal MCU spinoff show for you. I got to think about this, because who, who survived Endgame? Almost everyone. There's just two big ones that didn't, really. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm just, like, doing some thinking, because pretty much, like, all the main guys had their character arcs, like, wrapped up in Endgame. And so, like, I'm, I'm just trying to, like, remember the side characters off the top of my head now. Freaking! All right, so Wanda got a show. They gave Falcon and Winter Soldier a show. Um, actually, a Ronin show would be pretty interesting. Hmm, okay, that would be actually pretty cool. Like just his time in those five years. Yeah, yeah, because there's so much content that like they could um cover if they wanted to. I'd be down for that. Him just like going from like country to country, just murdering people. Like all the villains in between these five years that sprung up. I think Hawkeye doesn't get enough love. Yeah, especially because um, we've seen with shows like um, Daredevil and The Punisher that Marvel's capable of tackling this kind of subject matter and doing it, like, tastefully and, like, just overall quality. Hopefully they keep it going with Moon Knight, too, because that's the one I'm most excited about, I think. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize he was getting a show. But Oh, yeah, that's... Moon Knight's going to be with Oscar Isaac. Yeah. That's, that's pretty decent, yep. right? All right. Next question. In honor of the Snyder Cut... Who is the best iteration of Superman? Best iteration of Superman. Oh boy. Um, I honestly like don't have, I don't have much experience with any um, live action Superman films. Like I was always a Batman dude growing up, and like um, my my budget was very limited growing up, so like I only saw like a, whatever I could afford to rent. So I never really got around to Superman. But um, just like out of what I, um, I'm definitely the mm -hmm. most familiar with Henry Cavill. Oh man, Sean. Sean. Yeah. Sean. Um, dude, like, I, I, I don't Sean. even have, like, an alternative because I just don't know the others well enough. But, okay, wait, who was that guy before? I was saying my original answer, and there was two that I was okay with, was Christopher Reeves, the original, who I personally still love. And there's also Brandon Ruth, who was the guy, like, right before Henry Cavill. Oh, um, yeah, he played um, the Adam, right? Yes, he played the as Adam well. as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sean, unfortunately, like, 
on this show, we don't stand for Henry Cavill. <laughs> we don't do oh, it. Shit. Uh, did I, did he do something? No, he's actually a okay guy. It's just his Superman is not my favorite. It's just that he doesn't have that kind of peace and like he's just a terrifying version of Superman. They just made him way too dark for my liking, and not the dark. Yeah, is it's bad. very dreary. Very dreary. It, he should be in complete opposition of Batman. He shouldn't fit in a Batman movie, but he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's another thing, bro. Like, um, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. What no, were you gonna say? No, 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 go ahead. Oh yeah, that's another thing. It's like, I actually felt the opposite. I felt like Batman did not fit in Batman versus Superman just because of like, the, sort of like story they were um, trying to set up, because they marketed mm-hmm. it. They marketed it like it was supposed to be like a spinoff film, or like a like um crossover film, but it really just felt like a Superman story that like it excluded superman like batman just felt super out of place in it to be honest i felt like i was watching two different movies at the same time it was trying to be a sequel a standalone a prequel a batman origin and it's 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 trying to do too much and you know what we'll actually talk about this a little bit more with i'm doing a segment with ricardo about batman versus superman so this fits very well into the episode yeah i'd love to hear that for sure we'll get more into it but Sean, you made it to number five. You, you almost got to number six, so you, you did pretty well. Congratulations. Uh, thank you for playing. Woo! <laughs> All right, so why don't we get into our movie news for the week, because uh, I haven't recorded for a couple of weeks, so there was quite a bit of stuff. Let's start with trailers. Have you seen the newest trailer for Luca, the new Pixar film? I have, actually. And, um, yeah, I was a bit confused when I saw it. Um, it was... <laughs> It's very interesting, the direction they chose to go in, because they, they kind of built it up, like, Phineas and Ferb, but 3D, in Europe. And then, like, I don't know where these dudes, these two dudes are, like, mermaids, or, like, whatever they whatever they call them in this universe. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I love how Disney does that. I remember when they pitched this film, because they did an investor day, and they showed a little bit of this film, and I assumed that it was actually going to be a story about these two kids falling in love. I thought it was going to be the first gay Pixar film. But it, it's entirely not what I expected when I saw the trailer. It's a, um, it's a uh, just yeah, a Reverse Little Mermaid basically is what it is, and it looks pretty good. I think the animation kind of has this the round animation that we see more and more in TV nowadays that I actually kind of like. It's kind of like a a cuter like a Steven Universe kind of vibe. I don't know if you get that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm always excited for a Pixar and, film. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm definitely excited for this one's soundtrack, especially because um, where, where's it set? Like Spain, Italy? I couldn't tell from the trailer. It it appears that they're gonna be in Italy throughout the whole movie. Ooh, okay, yeah, that's gonna sound good. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for this one. It actually has the kid from uh, from Shazam, uh, the kid who plays his brother. Uh, not it's Billy, and then there's the Freddy. Freddy is the one of the main kids, so I like him, the actor. Uh, Freddy, Fr- Freddy was the one with the crutches. Right? Yes. He was like my favorite character in the movie. Oh, I love that dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. I'm pretty excited for that one. Uh, the next trailer I got is Zack Snyder's Justice League came out with the final trailer. Uh, what did you think? Okay, yeah. So, I'm really excited for it now that I finally got around to seeing the trailer. Because um, I watched it. And I really did not know what I was expecting going into it. Just because I was like, okay, like this is just going to be like... But then I actually watched it, right? 
and like so much of the footage i didn't even recognize it looked like a whole different film yeah it, it seems like it's going to be a whole different film and i'm very excited for that because i wasn't really too big on the one that was there like it, it was enjoyable enough that i could sit through it but like you know it just felt like another action movie but it looks like they're putting a lot more work into just like um the world building which i think is what made justice league fumble because they just kind of like shoehorned everybody in building it up and fleshing it out I, I really like playing the long game when it comes to storytelling because like you really need to know what you're doing a story efficiently in a limited amount of time especially with movies because a lot of people are constricted to like 90 minutes to two hours tops and so like yeah you hold on we were talking the other day you said this man's doing like a four hour film this is a four hour film this is gonna be four hours Ooh! yeah this is we are in for some good shit they they are HBO Max. I think they understand the gold mine that Zack Snyder is going to bring to this because of the fan base and everyone that really wanted this movie to happen. They gave him basically free reign to do whatever he wants. It's going to be a four-hour movie. Dark Side is clearly a bigger part in it than we have ever imagined, which is kind of exciting. But yeah, and I appreciated how they like redid the CGI on uh, what's his name, Steppenwolf. Oh, Steppenwolf looked way better absolutely yeah it, it's a lot more polished he doesn't look like uh he, he doesn't look like a thanos clone anymore he looks like his own dude just like much like bigger more bulky like rounder like more refined armor like mm -hmm. all the subtle details just make him feel like a realer presence on screen and i have you read the list of all of the villains that are going to be in this movie I have not seen that list. Um, I did side than I ever remember seeing, so that was great to see. Darkseid has never made an appearance in the movie. He was never in Justice League. So, oh, that explains so it. Dar <laughs> so Darkseid's in this movie. Steppenwolf, uh, Granny Goodness, uh, Dasad. That, that's just like the the main like villains of this movie. But Lex Luthor is going to be in this movie more. Deathstroke is going to be in this movie more. Jared Leto's Joker is Ooh. returning, which is fun. I saw that, actually. Fun fact, he's the only person to ever play the joker twice which is pretty interesting in film i don't know what that means but i feel like there's been a big disturbance <laughs> <laughs> that feels wrong right like that shouldn't he shouldn't yeah. be the one <laughs> he shouldn't have been the one oh my god I, I was um, uh i saw a thread the other day um somebody was like what if we, i hope i'm pronouncing this right like you know lakeith stanfield yes yeah somebody um suggested that he played joker and for some reason, I saw it working. That wouldn't be bad. The only reason why that doesn't work in my mind is that I want him to be Green Lantern. I want him to be Jon Stewart so badly. I've been saying that forever. <laughs> I mean, I feel like he's a little too skinny for Jon Stewart, but, like, that's just me. Although... Uh, everyone can bulk up. They got the DC diet, the Ben Affleck Batman diet. He'll, he'll get it. You know, he just... I just want Jon Stewart Green Lantern. That's what I've been waiting for forever. Ah, uh, you're right, you're right. Like, that that man can honestly play any role he wants, so, like, I can see it working either way. Absolutely. But, yeah, this the Snyder Cut trailer, it looks pretty damn exciting. I will say that the Batman vs. Superman and Man of Steel trailers also got me hyped. So I'm not, I'm not trying to give in too much to the Zack Snyder visuals because he's always been good at visuals, you know? Yeah. It's just the storytelling we need to make sure is good. Yeah, for sure. And um, if there's one thing I can trust him with, like, I know the movie will at least be watchable. Like, I'll be able to sit through it to the end. It'll be a conversation. Like, it, it's going to be something that we could talk about for sure. Like, something interesting. So, I'm excited for that this Thursday. Um, yeah, there's definitely got to be a lot of crazy reveals. I can see it. 
I, I can't wait, man. Alright, we also got a trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the final trailer. What did you think about that one? I thought it was interesting, um, the type of story that they're, ty- that they're trying to set up. Because, um, you know, like you, you hear it in the title, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And you think it's going to be like starring like two protagonists. But the way they framed the trailer, it seemed a lot more centered around um, Falcon's story than anything else. Like Bucky seemed just kind of like a side character. And I- I'm not complaining about that. I think it's like about time that we got to do some serious like character analysis and give serious um, attention to Falcon. But I'm curious like what type of role Bucky's going to play in the story because of that. I, I was, I thought the exact same thing because I thought this show could have easily been a... Bucky show with Falcon being the sidekick and because everyone loves Bucky everyone loves Sebastian Stan uh, Anthony Mackie does seem to be he's gonna have like a, a pretty good arc in the show I feel like in the same way that Elizabeth Olsen did with WandaVision I know you said you didn't see it but she had a she has a very good arc in that show and they really bring her character full circle and I hope they do the same with Anthony Mackie I also was pretty hyped to see him working with the shield finally I don't know if, like when he's throwing it against the trees I actually noticed, like, quite a bit has been thrown into the fight choreography. For example, um, what I did see on screen was, like, really clean, just, like, Falcon doing flips and shit. Um, it feels really... It, it's got a pop to it, you know? And so I love to see that the fluidity in motion is still there. And what, one detail I thought was really cool is, um, you... In that scene where Falcon's, like, practicing with the shield flipping it around, you actually see him flinch, like, every time he catches it. Not just that, like, his body just isn't built the same because um, he's not, like, a super soldier like um, Steve Rogers was. Oh, yeah, true. I I also noticed, I don't know if you've noticed this, Anthony Mackie got pretty big for this this show. He got, he's got a little more jacked, definitely. Oh, man, he was already, he's, he's been jacked since Captain America, too, so I didn't even notice, honestly. Like, I, I didn't be looking at him that, like that, but, um... He got, like... Yeah, that, that's that's good. He got some hear. guns now. It's kind of crazy. Like he, I can see him being Cap now. Cause like I was like, ah, oh, you know, not that not that Falcon can't take up the mantle, but I was like, he definitely doesn't have like that physical presence that I felt like Chris Evans had. But now I'm like, oh, he, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't cross Anthony Mackie now. Absolutely. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, we love to see it, and um, that that's a great sign too. Just in terms of like the actors, that that that's a huge make or break, especially when you're filming fight scenes. Mm-hmm like thing for me you know just like as a martial artist i've always been like really really bent about fight choreography if this show is anything like captain america the winter soldier as far as fight choreography goes i'm gonna be very pleased that's all i'm really hoping for yeah it's a wrap all right we also had two other trailers they were in the heights which came out with two trailers actually this week uh it is the lin-manuel miranda musical turned movie uh, I don't know if you're excited about that. I'm Hispanic, so it was kind of big for me <laughs> to see uh, more Hispanic people on yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah, I love that for you, bro. Um, I, I haven't seen that one, so tell me about it. it it's a, it's it's about uh, Washington Heights. It, it, Lin-Manuel Miranda, he wrote and uh, starred in Hamilton. Right. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, so he's uh, this was his first musical that he did. So he's doing it as a movie. He actually got one of the stars of Hamilton to be the main character that he played in the musical. So it's pretty, it's pretty dope. Uh, definitely check it out. It's all people of color. Um, yeah, it, if you like musicals, it, it's, it, it'd be right up your alley. Yeah. And um, if, if, if he's bringing back his old ensemble, I can see a hit on his hands for sure. Oh, for sure. This, this visually just looks fantastic. It's from John M. Chu. He uh, directed Crazy Rich Asians, which has a great visual style. So it's just... 
it's already a surefire win. It's going to be on HBO Max this summer. All right, yeah, that's great to hear. And then we got Modoc on Hulu. I don't know if you've seen this, the uh, animated Modoc comedy series with Patton Oswalt. Nah, that was new to me. What's going on there? It's like a claymation robot chicken style uh, comedy from Marvel and Hulu. It's about Modoc and just him running aim. And it's, it's with Patton Oswalt. It it looks really stupid, but in a fun way. So I'm kind of excited about that. I, I'm always here for more Marvel. Yeah, same, dude. I, every time I feel like they're going to lose the momentum, they come back like crazy. Absolutely. They're always getting new original ideas. And I think giving this whole thing to Patton Oswalt, who wrote the show as well, is a smart move. Patton Oswalt's always a, always a hit. Yeah, so those are our trailers. You can see most of those on our page at Live Action Remake on Facebook and Instagram right now. Now, on to movie news. This was a big one. Um, they're rebooting Superman. From J.J. Abrams, who is producing it, and Taneshi Coates is writing, it's going to reportedly center around a black version of Superman, which is fantastic, in my opinion. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, is it like a new, basically, like um, like inserting like a new face into the existing role, out of curiosity? So, they haven't specified. They specified The only things that have been said is that it's going to be around a black Superman. There are two versions of that in the DC Comics universe is Calvin, uh, I want to say Ellis, Calvin Ellis, who is Cal-El, but he's black. And then there's uh, Val Zod, who is a descendant, he's a descendant of General Zod. And they're both, they're both Superman in different universes, but they could also just make Clark Kent black, which um, either way, any one of those sound pretty interesting to me. I don't know if you know this, about two years ago, Michael B. Jordan pitched a black Superman movie with him starring. Ooh, I could definitely and, see him in that role, actually. That man is boss. Oh, absolutely. That would be fantastic. All right. Okay, that's good to know. And then, like, J.J. Abrams, um, is he just producing? Like, he's not directing or anything, is he? As of right now, he's producing, but they might tap him to direct. I, I kind of hope not. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm still Skywalker. mad at him about Star Wars, bro. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I kind of... I kind of figured you would be, but it's still interesting that he, uh, that the, the new Superman is coming. Uh, there's going to be a new Superman. I think if they set this in the Pattinson universe, we could get a real shot at an actual, like, team of, like, a series of movies that lead to a Justice League in a more fulfilling way. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. I agree, because at this point, I don't care how many times they have to reboot it. I just want it done right. That, that's the only thing I care about anymore. It needs to be a, something to lead up to, not something that we just do after, like, the third movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, because, like, they kind of uh, just came out the gate running and then tripped, if that makes sense. <laughs> and then and busted their face and they tried to get up and pretend like yeah. nothing happened. Uh, it's a marathon. Here's a cool one. Uh, I don't know if you're a big fan of Avatar The Last Airbender. Avatar The Last Airbender is getting an animated movie with uh, the creators coming back Michael DiMartino and Brian Konietzko, and they will expand the Avatar universe further with the new studios, Avatar Studios. So they're building an Avatar The Last Airbender style universe now. They're going to do more series, more films. What do you think about that? That's awesome. So, like, um, do you know what time period they're covering? Like, is it going to be the gap between Last Airbender and Korra? Is it going to be, like, prequels, or are they just kind of, like, covering all of the missing pieces? Literally, no idea. They've just said that a movie is going to be what's next, and then after the movie, they're going to do series 
and so forth. This could be about the Kyoshi Warriors. This could be about the next Avatar, the Avatars before. This could be about the Spirit Realm. Mm. There's so many things that they could go into because they built this world pretty beautifully, I'd say, with these two shows. So, Oh, man, that's hard. Um, you know what? I want to see more of Zuko, if anything, because that was definitely my favorite character back when the original show was airing. And it'd be really awesome to see what he does like as Fire Lord and like, the type of world he built in contrast to his dad. Like, just see Zuko ruling from his perspective? That Yeah, and just, like, fighting threats, doing what he does. Like, we, we gotta keep that action there as well. But, yeah, I would be very interested in, like, seeing, like, um the group's exploits after the main arc ended, you know? Because even though, like, that was a great place to end the show, you know, like, the role of the Avatar is inherently, like, fighting threats, protecting the world. There could be so many new ones that popped up in between that we just never knew about. And that there's a lot of room to cover because of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'd also argue that, I don't know if you watch Legend of Korra, they kind of just end Korra at one point. And I think they could continue that story as well. Both of their stories could be continued. There could be a crossover? Time travel? No, nah, I don't know. I'm just pitching dumb stuff now. But uh, th- there's a lot of room for interesting stuff. So I think the Avatar Studios is something that we got to look out for. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Hopefully we get a, the sequel to the live-action movie I've been waiting for this whole time. Oh, man, you want a sequel to... No. That was actually the first thing I saw that was Last Airbender, though. And that's why I didn't oh, watch true. it. <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> I was like, oh, this oh, is not man, good. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's cool. It was my bad. It was my <laughs> fault. Um, so Spider-Man 3 finally has an official title. It's called Spider-Man No Way Home. What do you think about that? Um, so, just given what they've set up so far, I think the actual plot's gonna be pretty good. I'm, I'm not too big on the title, but, um, I do appreciate that they make it very clear, like, how high the stakes are. Just cause, um, I feel like that's what's, like, kept this iteration of Spider-Man entertaining, you know, because you don't really... It's a very different Spider-Man. It's a lot different from the comics in the ter- in terms of, like... I know a lot of people like bash the Tom Holland Spider-Man because they feel like he's not really as much of an underdog as um, the comic Spider-Man was, which is understandable, you know, like feeling like it's a bastardized Mm -hmm. version of your favorite character. But um, I like to kind of just look at like the MCU as like its own separate entity, just like enjoy it for what it is. And I feel like in that context, like they're setting up Spider-Man in like a really awesome way gravity of the situations he gets put put in and like the way they build it up with like music and visuals like it's really jarring what this dude's going through and i appreciate that they like make that so explicit because like it really puts the viewers through like the same amount of like tension throughout the entire experience i agree i think i think tom holland is just the perfect choice for a young peter parker i think I this title heavily implies that peter is going to be stuck in the multiverse that Peter's gonna be one going to the the one going to these worlds and not these worlds coming to us. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that's always a possibility because we do know that like multiverse travel exists in this universe. Um, I actually interpret it. I interpreted the title a little bit differently. I thought it was more of a reference to how it, like Mysterio destroyed his life and how like oh. there's not really like a way back from that. I I thought the movie was because they're planning four movies, aren't they? Oh, you know what I've haven't heard about a fourth movie so far i know that he's down for three and i think another marvel movie of any kind but oh, okay yeah like i probably just heard it wrong then i assumed there was going to be four films yeah but yeah i thought i always thought the film was going to be centered around him just dealing with the consequences of like being as a terrorist and all that stuff 
I'm sure that's going to be a main part of it. But with this talk of like Andrew Garfield being in the movie and Tobey Maguire being in the movie and all these things that these, a lot of them are rumors, but some of them have been verified as true. Like Doc Ock is going to be in the movie, Alfred Molina, and Ooh. Electro is going to be in the movie, <laughs> Jamie Fox. So I think that means that Peter is going to be jumping dimensions, not on purpose. And Doctor Strange, uh, MJ, and Ned are probably going to have to try and find him. Plus, they do keep like raising the threat level in every film to make it more believable so i guess like i guess the most logical like threat level after like city destroying is probably like interdimensional because like mysterio was about to wreck the whole world bro <laughs> oh yeah absolutely <laughs> i i love mysterio in that movie but i i think i think look i'm calling it right here right now okay you you listen viewers or whatever uh i bet that aunt the Player who, uh, the actress who plays Aunt May in the original Spider-Man movies, in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, I I bet you five bucks right now, Sean, that she is going to be Madam Web. It's a risk I'm willing to take. I, I don't really know who that is, but um, just knowing how <laughs> many like Easter eggs they're trying to shoehorn into this movie, I wouldn't put it past them either. So Madam Web is like that old lady who sits on like a spider throne, and she is like the gateway between other spider dimensions, and she is usually blind. Oh, wow. She was in the Spider-Man animated shows a lot, uh, played by Stanley's wife. Like she's just this like interdimensional Yo. spider lady who is never going to be in, who who wouldn't be in any other movie unless Doctor Strange right. was in it, you know. So I'm like, she's she's probably going to be in this one, and I was like, I bet you it'll be the actress who plays the original Aunt May because she's just like an old lady from the Spider-Man movies. And yeah, it would just that's make definitely sense. that. That's actually a really logical choice when you put all that together, because um. Like, all the interdimensional characters are, like, connected in some way, shape, or form. Like, they could definitely just do that. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think of that, damn. But yeah, I, I bet you $5 right now they won't do it. All right, bet. You you heard it here first. Let, let's see who gets these $5. Sounds good. All right, on to next news. Matt Damon and Luke Hemsworth have been confirmed to be in Thor Love and Thunder as their Asgardian actors. I don't know if you remember Thor Ragnarok. Oh, I do, actually. That was a oh. beautiful movie. I loved it. Yeah, so Matt Damon plays an actor playing Loki. I don't know if you remember this. I, I do remember that. In the... Oh. <laughs> it's, it's one of the yeah, best scenes. Yeah, that was scenes. hilarious. I remember that for sure. So both of them are back, but also an actress playing Hela is in the movie as well. Ooh. She's cute. I missed her. Melissa McCarthy is going to be in this as Hela, as an actress playing Hela. Oh. In Thor Love and Thunder. So she's going to play herself playing herself. No, 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 no. Melissa McCarthy from, like... Do you know who Melissa McCarthy is? Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I froze up because, like, I, I pulled a right blank now. just trying to, like, remember. Hold on, wait. Did she play Supergirl? No. No, 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 no. That's Melissa Benoist. Oh. Melissa McCarthy, as in the one from... Uh, she is on that, uh, that uh, sitcom with her husband where they're both, like, just uh, overeaters. And she's like a comedian right now. She comes up every now and then. Oh, let me. Oh wait, yeah, okay. I just googled her. Oh man. Yeah. I bet all the like hardcore fans are watching this shit right now. Just like, damn, this dude's an idiot. And honestly, <laughs> I I agree with y'all. Like, I'm stupid as hell. <laughs> no, she's gonna. But she is going to play an Asgardian actress playing Hela. So there's like photos of her as Hela in Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh, that's gonna be funny. I can yeah. see it already. <laughs> I, I love this that uh, Taika Waititi is now making fun of his own movie because at first he was making fun of Thor The Dark World 
But now he's mocking Thor Ragnarok. So I'm like, okay, g- at least you can make fun of yourself a little bit. Yeah, that's like... that. That's real talk right there. I appreciate that from him. Uh, District 10 is now in development with Neil Blockcamp writing the sequel for District 9. I don't know if you've ever seen District 9. Man, I still need to see District 9. Uh, same, man. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it either, but I just hear really good things. And I thought it was <laughs> yeah. big news. Yeah, we could definitely, like just do like a watch party sometime and like talk about district nine one of these days i'd be down for that i'm i'm absolutely down the toon squad is back for space jam a new legacy which appears to be a mix of 2d and 3d animation all those photos are on our pages at live action we make um have you seen the photos for (laughs) space jam a new legacy um i've seen a few like i saw they um cut out a couple characters i saw that um lola bunny does not um hentai character anymore so i thought that was cool um yeah that's fine yeah freaking um yeah i mean it's it's really just another movie to me like i i i grew up watching space jam but like i just didn't get like crazy about it like other people it's a great film oh it is but do you know what the plot of this new one is no what's the plot of this new one so look i'm just gonna be really vague because i'm not i don't want to look up the specifics because it's annoyingly dumb the Space Jam Squad, they recruit LeBron after LeBron's son goes missing because an AI, an artificial intelligence, played by Don Cheadle, kidnaps his son, who's good at coding. And so, in order to track the AI, they have to go through Warner Brothers' old movies, like Casablanca, like Wonder Woman, like all of these other movies, right? I'm speechless. That's the plot. (laughs) (laughs) How is that Space Jam? What does this have to do with Space Jam? I have no way basketball. Are there any basketball They have uniforms. The trailer hasn't come out yet. When a trailer comes out, I will definitely send it to you immediately, Sean. But these... I'm... Yeah, because this don't even sound like a basketball <laughs> This sounds like a Looney Tunes movie featuring LeBron James. And mind you, I, I like LeBron James. But, like, what, what do you need to do in that movie? Why is he there? Because <sighs> he wants to be the greatest of all time, and Michael Jordan did it, so now he has to do it. It's 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 dumb. <laughs> it's it's really dumb. Also, LeBron, come on, bro. You you have enough championships. It, it, it's okay. Yeah, you're good. You're fine. Also, I'm just gonna say this once, because I don't want to like have a whole conversation about it. I'm just gonna say this and let it end. If you are mad about Pepe Le Pew. No, you're not. You don't care about that character, and you've never thought about him until they canceled him. So relax. There. Yeah, it's not that we, deep. Chill. No, nobody even had to say. Nobody even had to say shit <laughs> to um get him canceled. Warner Bros. was just like, "Hey, this guy's kind of sus. We don't want to do that anymore." Yeah. So and people just freaked out. But no one. Let me. Let, no one has ever been like, Pepe Le Pew is my favorite Looney Tunes character. No one has ever said that in their entire life. Bro, I've never even like. I heard yeah, people so, talk about him. I just thought he was like an urban legend, you know? Like, I heard his name in a song once. I don't even remember the song, but, like, that that's my only experience with him. I literally read the stuff, and I was like, who? And I was like, oh, the skunk. That's who it is. Okay. I've learned more about Pepe Le Pew in the last week than I've ever did in my entire life. In Zack Snyder's Justice League, Iris West will be played by Kiersey Clemens. That will be her debut, but she is also now officially returning for the Flash film. So that's kind of cool. Iris West is now officially part of the DCEU again. So that's kind of yeah, cool. awesome. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you liked Billy Crudup, who played Henry Allen in Justice League. 
he was uh, Barry's father. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, I, I liked him a lot, actually. I liked that scene. Uh, he's getting replaced because of scheduling, so he won't be a part of the Flash movie. Oh, that's that's depressing. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good scene. It was good stuff, but uh, you know what? At least he'll be... The character will still be in the movie, just he won't. You know who I think would actually be a good replacement? Like, this might be controversial. Um, you have permission to shoot me if you don't like the answer, but how do you feel about Mads Mikkelsen playing his dad? <laughs> just because Mads Mikkelsen is replacing everybody now? Dude, it's like everything <laughs> that I see him in, he's some sort of father figure. Freaking. Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, freaking Death Stranding, um, Rogue One. Like I thought you were making a Johnny Depp joke. Oh, no. Because <laughs> he was replacing him in that one movie. Oh, damn. Uh, the Fantastic Beast, but. <laughs> no, it's cool. That's why I was, I was like, that's why you said the whole shoot me thing, because people would be upset. <laughs> But okay, no. Mads Mikkelsen would actually be pretty good. I wouldn't be against it. Just that I think that he could maybe play like a bigger part in the DCEU. I would like to see Mads Mikkelsen maybe do. I don't know. He got kind of shafted in Doctor Strange. Like he died really quick. Yeah. I'd like to see him do something bigger. So the live-action Pinocchio has casted three members. Keegan Michael Key will play Honest John, which is the fox. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is going to play Jiminy Cricket. And Cynthia Evrio is playing the Blue Fairy, so... Any thoughts on a live-action Pinocchio? Man, this is my first time hearing about that. Um, my question is... Well, I obviously know why. You know, they gotta, like, reinvent their brand to make money. But, yeah, I've always been, like, really iffy about the live-action remakes. Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I've always been uh, iffy about, like, live-action remakes of Disney films in general. Just because, like, I'm more of an animation person. I feel like converting some to a live action version unless you have like millions and millions of dollars to blow on your budget it's usually a downgrade because there's just a lot you can do with animation that you can't convey visually with real actors on top of just like um the stuff you're able to film and like portray my thing with this one is that i think movies like pinocchio absolutely do a live action remake if you would like because i don't think that movie holds up I think that movie is pretty old, and it's, like, kind of in the... It's considered a classic. Yes, I understand that, but it's not good. <laughs> it's not a very good movie yeah. in the same way that, like, Jungle Book wasn't a very good movie, and then they, when they did the remake of that, it was actually fantastic. I'm here for you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm here for them to remake movies that don't hold up anymore. The problem is, is when they remake Aladdin, Mulan, and Lion King, which are arguably still fantastic... Uh, and still hold up so why would you do yeah, that yeah most definitely like it's a case by case thing when you put it that way but I'm excited for uh, Cynthia Evrio I don't know if you saw her in uh, Harriet she played Harriet Tubman she's absolutely a fantastic actress and she's a person of color playing the blue fairy I'm always down for people of color getting the roles ooh that's cool yeah bro like we, we had we, we had to watch white people for like what like a century <laughs> how, how old are, how old are TVs I, I you're asking the wrong person. I don't know. I don't know that, man. All right. I mean, th- th- they're probably almost 100 years old now. So, yeah, like, we had to deal with the 100 years of that shit. I think, like, I'm open to anybody. Like, we need something new. We need something fresh. And yes. I like the direction that they're going in with that. If the if their ethnicity does not play a big part of who the character is, it can be played by anyone. I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah, exactly. So there's a new Star Trek movie from your favorite 
J.J. Abrams in the works. No. Uh, <laughs> but it's the writer of uh, Star Trek Discovery, Kalinda Vasquez. So it may be a part of the Star Trek Discovery universe, kind of bringing that into more of the Star Trek uh, world. So I don't know if you've seen Star Trek Discovery. It's definitely on my list because I've heard great things yeah, about it. So um, I've always been more of a Star Wars dude, but like that that's a series that's been on my list for a long time. I definitely have to look at all that stuff. To me, the only thing that's stopping me is CBS All Access. <laughs> I don't want to get CBS All Access or now Paramount+. Sure. Plus. Yeah, I hate how everything's being like split up into Honestly. different streaming platforms now. It's like I got to take turns like subscribing and unsubscribing to different things. Next, we got Zatanna and Batgirl projects are now confirmed to be in the works at HBO Max. These could be either films or television series. Uh, any thoughts on Zatanna or Batgirl? Nah, I mean... I'm excited for them, obviously. Um, you said they're on C- the CW? No, HBO Max. They're going to be shows on HBO Max or a film. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like, I'm excited to see what they do with it, obviously. I'm not too, like, characters, so I don't know too much about them. But, yeah, like, I'm excited to see what they got coming. Because DC is usually pretty solid with the TV game. Absolutely, and these actually could connect to the larger DC Extended Universe... They're doing a Green Lantern Corps show for HBO Max that's supposed to be a part of that. They're doing Peacemaker on HBO Max, which is directly connected to the Suicide Squad. So Ooh. the DC Universe is expanding quietly through HBO Max, so that's kind of exciting. Yeah, I'm very glad to see that they're um, becoming more open to um, the Marvel approach. Because, I mean, I, I, I can see why they like tried to like come in running with Justice League. Because they, like, weren't trying to imitate Marvel, but, like, I think they should take a few pages out of that book just because, like, they were doing something right that got them this far. So, like, it's a lot better to just be, like, more focused and, like, connected in the way they're, like, telling their stories. Yeah, just focus on the characters first and then get to the team up. We we got time. You got time. Take a breath, you know? Yeah, and, like, what kind of, like, aesthetic are we seeing in these um, Zatanna and Batgirl shows? Like, have we seen any trailers or anything, or is it just, like, um, announced so far? No, just announced so far. Uh, the Batgirl one is heavily implied to be a movie. Ooh. That's been what Batgirl has... They've been quietly talking about a Batgirl movie for, I think, almost 10 years now. So, hopefully that's finally happening. Zatanna, we have no idea, but we do know that a Constantine TV series is in the works at HBO Max. So, Zatanna would probably fall into the category of a TV series, yeah, like awesome. another magic show. And um, this is like a little bit out of the blue, but like, have we seen Jim Gordon in the DCEU at all? Jim Gordon was in the Justice League movie played by uh, J.K. Simmons. Oh, nice. Yeah, you th- do you think we're going to see him back in Batgirl or not? <sighs> Look, he he's now in the Marvel Universe again. He came back as Jonah Jameson, so I don't think we'd see more of him. Oh, man. But... Uh, there was an, there's another actor playing Jim Gordon in the Batman, the new Robert Pattinson. Oh, shoot, what is his name? Oh, I know this. I know this. I got was it Mads Mikkelsen? It's not Mads Mikkelsen. Because <laughs> he's also getting a spinoff show of his own as well. Yes, he is being played by Jeffrey Wright, who is a fantastic actor uh, from Westworld. So he's getting his own uh, Gotham City sp- spinoff, yeah. which sounds very similar to Gotham, the <laughs> Fox show, but it's not, hopefully. Um, oh, that's great to hear, yeah. And on to our final movie news, Avatar has finally passed Endgame after a surprise re-release in China and is now the one- number one movie ever. Uh, any thoughts on that? Yes. 
Yeah, they we released it in China. So now they're number Yo. one again. <laughs> they did. funny as hell. <laughs> It's like, so... I, I could tell, like, something was going on with James Cameron just because of, like, how aggressively he marketed Avatar back when it dropped in, like, what, 2009, I think? It's so, so long ago, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I, I could tell he would feel a type of way when Endgame took over his record. That's But the way he took that back, that's disrespectful <laughs> as hell. Just, like, surprise drop, taking them back off the number one spot. Out of nowhere. Some ghost shit was... right there. I remember just getting a just a weird uh, notification from Facebook about it, and I was like, "What is it? What does that even mean? <laughs> what is going on?" <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, I guess good for Disney. Disney wins all the time. <laughs> Disney took it back from Disney. It's hilarious. Um, now on the TV news, we don't have as much as usual. Uh, Blackfire has gotten a new costume for Titan season three, as she will be one of the new villains of the series. I don't know if you've seen Titans at all. Nah, I, I haven't. It's it's fine. It's a fine show. <laughs> it's not as fun <laughs> as Teen Titans. It's got some okay action and some really good costuming. Uh, she actually does look fantastic as Blackfire, though. I don't know if you've seen the pictures. Um, nah, I haven't. But and the oh, oh man, I'm dying at how you said that. Like I could, I could hear your whole tone shift. Like you're just like it's it, it, it's fine. It's fine. It's a fine show. <laughs> It's not for everyone, and I completely understand. Uh, the It is also cool. I know I, I say this a lot, but she's also a person of color playing Blackfire. A person of color also plays Starfire as well, so it's kind of cool that we're yeah. getting more representation. Um, she looks badass. So oh, man, just, I gotta like cool see her costume. Yo! It's shiny. Yeah, they look they look pretty dope. Like I, Again, I will say this. You don't have to watch the show. Just look at the costuming for the series. They have a really good Nightwing. They're doing Red Hood next season. They they got a good costumer. I don't know who does it, but they're doing fantastic on Titans. Yeah, I I really like the direction um superhero have been going with like um modern like TV and cinema. Actually, like put like armor plating and stuff like that on them. Versus be running around in like spandex that never burnt up for some reason. Yeah, no, they they be they be putting real thought into it, and I think for a show to actually take the time to make a costume this detailed. It's pretty fantastic. We also got a first look at Eclipso in Stargirl Season 2. Uh, I don't know if you know Eclipso from the comics. He's also like a minor character, but he's going to be the main villain of Stargirl. Uh, let me see if I can get a picture of right now. Uh, have you seen Stargirl, the CW show? Nah, not yet. What's that one about? This is about the Justice Society of America. It doesn't take place in the main Arrowverse, but, it, like, basically the Justice Society have all fallen and they're remaking it as young teens. Like, they're trying to figure it out. It's surprisingly way better than it sounds. It's way better than Titans. Um, but this is Eclipso and what he's going to be looking like in the series. He seems to be some kind of magical being. What's he holding? Is that, like, a horn? Oh, no, that's just his chain. Yo, this man got a whole chain. <laughs> Look at this dude. You can see these images on our pages at Live Action Remake and Instagram as well. Uh, have you ever seen Community? Oh, dude. Yeah, I'm actually... This is... I'm on my first watch of it right now, and I'm like halfway through a season five, I think. It, it's a great show. The The main character, uh, Joel McHale, uh, he actually plays a part in the show Stargirl. Ooh. Because he is in the show for like the first episode. He is, the, he is Starman, and he is the one who dies, and the... Uh, the show ends up being about Stargirl 
So he's like the he's kind of like the Captain America Yo, of that. They universe. they crazy for that. They really got one of the most legendary actors in TV history and killed him in the first episode. That's disrespectful. <laughs> they did. It was pretty disrespectful. But he looks really cool in the suit, and he's uh, and his uh, his sidekick is actually uh, the one who is like the stepfather to Whoa. Star Girl, and that's how she gets the scepter and gets his powers. So and the sidekick is. Uh, Owen Wilson's brother, Pat Wilson. Is it Pat Wilson? I didn't even know he had a brother, so this What's is like brand new to me. Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson, yeah. No, he's actually a pretty big actor. So he, he was in that... Um, he was in one movie with like Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell uh, like, where they're in college. But, but uh, yeah, so it's a good show. I recommend it. Um, yeah. Let's see. Oh, Superman and Lois got officially renewed for a season two after the first episode dropped. That was quick. Was it like really well received or something? Oh, it's fantastic. I I watched it. If you like Superman and you want like Man of Steel visuals with Christopher Reeve undertones of like hopefulness and like yeah, it's fantastic. I'd say it's the best Superman thing I've seen in a long time. And I'm I'm looking at you, Batman versus Superman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we need some more good Superman stories. That's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Here's, here's the biggest news of the past few weeks, I feel like. Uh, Chloe Bennett, Dove Cameron, and Yana Perlet are the CW's Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> what do you what do you think about a live-action Powerpuff Girls? I know we're talking about a lot of live-action this week. Yeah, a lot of live-action stuff. Damn, they're, they're doing it to Powerpuff Girls now, too? That is wild. Um, is, is there a trailer yet? I always I always judge based on the trailer. Other than that, like I kind of just no. like stay neutral until like I hear enough news about it. But yeah, that, that that's interesting to see. I wonder what they're gonna do with it. I I just hope it's not like that network remake, which was super weird. Oh no, I don't think it's anything like that. It's a it's them in their like mid twenties, and they're like trying to get back into fighting crime or something like that. It's it's weird. It's a it's a weird idea. The thing that... I feel like that could work, um... Because we are talking about this episode, I think, like, an episode or two ago, about how, like, they don't really explore what happens to a lot of, like, heroes in their late adult life. Like, you were talking about how cool it was, like, in Superman and Lois, that, like, Superman already has, like, a whole family and stuff. He's, like, a more, like, developed dude, so... I, they got some room to, like, make this pop. You know... Okay, I guess that's true. My... The thing that draws me the most from this announcement is Chloe Bennett. Do you, do you know who Chloe Bennett is? Um, name sounds familiar. I'm going to Google her again so that I can put a face to her name. She was Quake in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She, I feel like she's too big for this. Like, I didn't expect her name to pop up. I expected Dove Cameron, who is a Disney Channel star. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. This is something you would do. I don't really... I mean, if anything, that just means they have a big budget, which is a good sign, uh, usually. I guess so. That might be good. I'm just worried that they're just going to try to make the Powerpuff Girls, like, hot in the same way they did, like, Archie. You know, like, oh, yeah, it's River, Riverdale is Archie, but hot. Um, I don't want that for the Powerpuff Girls. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to see that either. Here's my Here's my final question about this. Will they have fingers? Yo, that'd be funny as hell if they didn't. Imagine them just like walking around with like little stumps, like just <laughs> smacking people with them and shit. 
Because that's what they never had any fingers or anything in the show. Yeah, just imagine them, like, just... walking around, like, smacking people uh, with their stumps and just nobody acknowledges it. That'd be the funniest thing ever. That would be pretty funny. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting to see more on this, but it's pretty interesting. Again, another person of color playing a uh, character, Yana uh, Puelt, is going to be playing um, Buttercup. So that's cool that we're getting one person of Ooh. color. So Nice. And finally, this one actually came out today, and I just put it on the docket. Um, Everybody Hates Chris is getting an animated show with Chris Rock returning to narrate. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's I'm down for that. That's I love Everybody Hates Chris. I think that's such a funny throwback. Yeah, this is wow. They're they're even gonna animate it this time. Like, I, I like I said before, I, I feel like animation adds a lot of creative freedom in what you can do and what you can like portray on screen. So. I can definitely see Chris being in a lot of much more wild situations than um, the original show. I'm excited for that. Yeah, me too. I hope it's uh, yeah, I hope it's really good. Again, if Chris Rock is in it, I feel like it's gonna it's gotta be pretty well written, you know. Yeah. I'm excited. But yeah, that's really all the news I had for the week. Um, Sean, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, this <laughs> has been. Oh my God, has have we been going for like an hour now? We have been going for quite a bit of time. Is this your longest I, episode? My bad about that. If I was like talking no, too much, dude, I'd rather have it be longer if we're having fun. You know what I mean? I don't mind at all, dude. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank on the you show. for having me. I had again. such a blast with you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, where can my guy? Where can all the people listening find you right now? Um, right now, so I'm on Instagram and Twitter. My at that six oh six Mirage. You can follow my label too, the six oh six. Um, I'm on Spotify, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, all of that. Definitely check out his music. Got some great stuff. Check out the 606. They're fantastic. Sean, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I had a blast. You got to come on again soon. Thank you for having me, man. I'd love to. All right. Now it's time for Rewatch, where I go into a movie to get you ready for the next big thing coming out. And this week, of course, the Snyder Cut is coming finally. And I couldn't watch this movie and talk about it just myself. So I decided to get my good friend, Ricardo. What up, everybody? From the PCR podcast, a pop culture reference to talk about Batman versus Superman. Now, Ricardo... Last time you were on the show, you actually put this as the movie that you were most disappointed with in recent memory. So that's why I asked you to watch the three-hour version of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you made me watch the extended cut. Yes, the original. Uh, well, is this the original Snyder Cut? I guess The Watchmen would be the original Snyder Cut. I don't know. But yeah, what are your initial thoughts on this three-hour movie and... Just a heads up, we're going into spoilers probably right off the bat. This movie came out five years ago, and it's three hours long, and it, we just have to talk about everything about this. So, Ricardo, what were your initial thoughts on this one? Wow, has it really been five years? Yeah, it just five-year anniversary, I think, was this month. <laughs> <laughs> so, what a time. Well, five years ago, I watched this movie in theaters, and I did not like it. I haven't seen it since then. <laughs> And you know, again, it's been five years. I hear the Snyder cuts getting some good word of mouth. It's like maybe, maybe if I go back to it again, maybe if I watch the extended cut, maybe I'll like it a little better. And I did. And no, I still hate it. I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty um, 
This was a long one for me. Uh, it felt the time that it was. It was three hours long. It, it wasn't... I, I will say... I will give it this. I think it's better than the original. It just... Not by much. <laughs> it just keeps going and going. <laughs> well, let's not... Let's not start with the negative. I think we both agreed that there is there's there are less good things in this movie than bad things. So why don't we just start with the good things and get that over with? What did you really like about this film? As much as I do hate this movie, I'm not entirely negative. There are a few things I did like. Uh, the Metropolis opening scene. I like that. I like the perspective shift. I think the bat suit, the big metal armor one. I think that looks pretty cool. This movie, visually, sometimes it is very pretty. Yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I think Amy Adams is a good Lois Lane. I just wish she had better things to do. <laughs> I think she is probably my favorite Lois Lane. She does get she does do some stupid things at the end of this movie that we'll get into, I'm sure. Um, to go back to the Bruce Wayne in Metropolis, I also put that on my list as one of my favorite things. There was one thing I noted... Um, there's like a, there's a character who I can't even tell you his name. I'm just going to call him Gary, who is like talking to Bruce Wayne because he's in the tower. Like he works for Bruce, right? I think yeah. a, a way to make this movie like have a bigger impact and that scene to have a bigger impact. Just make that guy Lucius Fox because everyone who's seen like the Dark Knight trilogy knows who Lucius <laughs> Fox is. And then we're just like, we're, we're all feeling for this guy Gary who's like praying while the building's falling over him. I think it would have made more sense to all of the Dark Knight fans to be like, oh, that's a character that I remember and I know he has a connection to Bruce Wayne. I know that and he died in this Superman fight. So of course Batman would be mad about that. Like I thought that would just, just a quick way to get everybody on board with this a little bit faster. I had that same thought too. I, that's part of my notes. Uh, the guy's name was Jack, Jack. I believe. It should have just yeah. been <laughs> Lucius because that's the name people recognize. Who the hell is yeah. Jack? <laughs> Jack, Jack, get out of the building. Also, why <laughs> why wasn't the building evacuated <laughs> as soon as buildings started falling? Because the boss didn't call yet. They were waiting for Bruce's call. <laughs> Um, I was thinking about that too. Okay, not to, I'm driving too much. Positives, positives. Okay, um, yes, this movie is visually awesome. I don't think Batman has ever looked cooler than in this movie, especially the armored Batman. It's probably my favorite Batman look. The the warehouse scene, that's basically just an Arkham City ripoff. <laughs> Even it, if it is, I still like it. it. I think it's really cool. It's way better than any action in the Dark Knight trilogy. And I love I love the Dark Knight movies. I well most of them, but the action is always so subpar for those to me. And in this one, it was like, no, Batman is coming through walls. He's he's I love the shot where he just literally breaks through a wall and then grabs the gun off of somebody and then because it pans to it, oh, beautiful. Um, there's a pattern here. All there's a pattern here. All the Batman stuff is pretty good, and that's because I don't think Snyder likes Superman. <laughs> Or comic books, for that matter. I have, yeah, I think I like to describe this movie as a really good Batman movie stuffed inside an awful Superman movie. Um, I I also have a note on Superman and just, just how Zack Snyder... I just think he doesn't know how to handle him as a character, but we'll get into that. <sighs> there's, so many, there's so many bad things, it's hard to not creep in on it. Other things I like... Do you like the... The Dark Nightmare se sequence. Um, I call it the Dark Nightmare because 
I think that's better. It's a better name. But uh, what do you think about that? Maybe with some Snyder cut context, it would work. But as a standalone movie, it doesn't fit in here. Like it doesn't need to be there. It was. I think it was a little bit of a like a sell toys kind of thing because I know there was a lot of like Batman action figures of him in that sequence, and it, that sequence is like five minutes. Like it's not. It's not that long, and it took up a lot of the marketing. I feel like. Yeah. I'm also just not a fan of evil Superman because I think it's been done to death. It's also easy. Like, it's easy. Oh, it's Superman, but he's evil. I don't think it's earned in this movie. Like, I, I think that they could get to it eventually. But in this one, it was it just comes out of nowhere. And it fits too much of what Henry Cavill's already doing with the character. Like, you know, like he just doesn't... He never looks mm-hmm. happy anyway. So, uh, uh, oh. What are other things I like? The modulator, the Batman voice modulator, I thought was a really good addition because it stops the really dumb voice people do <laughs> that uh, Christian Bale really leaned into. Yes, I absolutely agree. I think the Batman voice is way better in this movie. I think almost everything about Batman is better for me in this movie than the Dark Knight movies. Even his Bruce Wayne, I think the transition in the scene where Clark and Bruce are talking for the first time and he's doing the oh do i own this one like he's doing the like oh i'm just like a i'm just a drunk like billionaire but then he quickly goes to like well the daily plan is doing that would be hypocritical and then it's just i think it's such a quick transition and it also points out how bad henry cavill is at that same transition between superman and clark again i think his he's almost the exact same character but no i i think batman is phenomenal in this movie Speaking of those, speaking of those two meeting, a lot. It's very small, but a line that always bothered me was when they're, when they're at the party, and Clark's Bruce pulls up, and Clark's like, "Who's that? <laughs> really? <laughs> Journalist Clark Kent doesn't know world famous cajillionaire Bruce Wayne. A- <laughs> you grew." You grew up here. It's not like you showed up to Earth like three weeks ago. And Bruce Wayne must have like such a, like, like a success story. Like, oh, he was an orphan. Like the story must be have been told to like people. You know, it's like oh, such a tragedy. Like a like a Princess Diana kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like where people just know the tragedy of Bruce Wayne. There's no way he doesn't know. Just yeah, I I agree. Clark is. Uh, I have so many problems with Superman, in this movie. Uh, one last oh, there are two things I wanted to say left um and i know this is going to be controversial for you there are some things in this movie that i like from lex luther very few but there are some lines that i okay what (laughs) what could you possibly i like his rant about his spiel about like how god can't be all powerful and all good i think that's an interesting take on the character i think everything else they did with the character is wrong but i think the idea that he is like that because of his father was abusive to him. It's kind of heavily implied in this movie that his father was not a great person and that has really influenced him. And uh, I, I think he does a pretty good job with that whole like monologue. And I like the scene where he has General Zod and he says, you know, you flew too close to the sun. I, I don't know. I think it's a really beautiful scene. I think that also has to do with my second thing that I wanted to say. The score is fantastic in this movie. I think the music in this movie is really good. And if you rewatch and just listen to the music of the... the like, just just <laughs> listen to it. It's 
it's pretty good. It, it it has that like epic feel. Like it it feels almost like a mythology, like a like a Greek god thing. Like you know what I mean? you know what I'm talking about? Like it has like this epicness to it. Yeah, I'll give the movie that. I did recognize like yeah, the score is pretty good. That was I have in my notes I have it in big bold letters. Like I hate Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> no part of him works. Every time he opens his mouth, it's some pseudo intellectual garbo. <laughs> well what Shut up! Oh my god, everything with this guy is fucking gods and mans and <laughs> Well, I think this is a good place to start then. Continue with Jesse Eisenberg. What, what did, let's start with what we didn't like with this film. Clearly you have a problem with Lex Luthor. What, explain. Why? Why is he like this? Everything that comes out of his mouth feels like he read a philosophy book one time. And just never came up with any other conclusions. <laughs> He's clearly unbalanced. And I, I did take note of that. I When I first saw this movie, I was like, is he doing the Riddler? Like, is he trying to be like the Riddler? But I think he fits more in... If you watch this movie and pretend he's the Mad Hatter, I think he works a lot better. <laughs> Honestly, just pretend that he's the Batman villain, the Mad Hatter, and you're like, wow, this is a put. He's he Jesse Eisenberg is nailing it. Like I don't know why he's a CEO, but the Mad Hatter is really good in this. I hate his little he's noises. Like... I hate. <laughs> this has been brought up by other people, but how does he run a company? <laughs> the man can barely <laughs> tie his shoes. No, this guy is off of, off his wagon. Uh, there's one part that really annoys me because I think some of the things he's saying, maybe you can argue that he's making sense. But there's one time when he sees Lois Lane for the first time, and I I think I wrote it down. He's like Lay Low Licks, Ling Ling Low, or something like that, and Lois Lane. And I was like, what are you, what are you saying? What is going on? What are you, what, what, why are you just saying L words? <sighs> And then he said, "What was that Jolly Rancher thing? That, that was weird. <laughs> You're trying to get something from this man. Why would you give this man anything after he put a Jolly Rancher in your mouth? What is also what does the senator get? I don't think they ever say like what does the senator get out of all of this? You know, like I, I don't know. Just to, okay, yeah. You know, I think I f the main problem that goes back to what I said: every line of his is pseudo intellectual garbage." God, this movie's pretentious. It is so far <laughs> up its own ass. It, it's trying to make all these arguments about, like, Superman, and is he a god, and if he's a god, what can he do, and if it's... This, there's so many questions that I feel like they answer none of them. They don't really give you a sense of <laughs> why Superman is doing anything, or what is Clark's purpose, or does he need to be a Superman, or do we need a Superman? And then the next movie... And I know, I guess it doesn't count anymore because Justice League is getting the Snyder Cut. But the next movie is all like, oh, we all miss him so much. No, you didn't. You guys hated Superman throughout this entire <laughs> film. No one liked Superman. He was only a figure of controversy. And now everyone's pretending like we always wanted him around. That's also <laughs> that's also part of my notes I wrote. like, This is like, what if someone turned Twitter discourse into a superhero movie? <laughs> Why would you want that? constant arguing all the time about Superman and I don't think he ever does anything controversial in this film really like he gets framed for something which I think 
if you're like half a good detective, you look at the like in the beginning of the film, like they have these terrorists like pretend that he killed Superman, and they have people say that oh uh, that uh, Superman killed people, and they have people say that oh yeah Superman killed my family or whatever. But if you look, everyone was killed with bullets, like <laughs> and Superman like has never held a gun in his life. So I'm like. Come on, just just put two and two together. He's being framed. Everyone knows he's being framed. What is happening? <sighs> Speaking of, if Batman has a problem with Superman, shouldn't he like have investigated him like a detective? <laughs> like a good detective. Yeah, he's the <laughs> I'm trying to justify Batman here, but you know you got a point. Absolutely. I I had a problem with Lex Luthor's plan. What was the plan? More so than Batman. Okay, I'm just going generally, because I, I did write it all down, because I was like, there's a lot to this. I'm just being general right now. I'm not going to go into the specifics of his plan, because the specifics are bonkers. But generally speaking, his plan was, I'm going to push the world against Superman. I'm going to push Batman to the point of wanting to kill Superman, right? I'm going to give him a fighting chance with the mm-hmm. kryptonite. He's going to steal the kryptonite from me. Then he's going to prove to the world that Superman is either not all-powerful by killing Superman, right? Or he's going to prove that Superman is not a good person because he would kill the Batman. Either way, he's controversial, right? Like, he's not all-powerful or all-good. He's either a bad person or not a god, Like, right? Um, Lex Luthor could accomplish this by using the kryptonite to kill Superman by himself, proving that he's not a god. Or he could send Superman to kill Batman at the beginning of this film when Batman does not have kryptonite making it an easy kill for Superman and it would prove that Superman is a bad person so why does Lex Luthor do this at all <laughs> that's what I'm saying his motivations are so weird it's just he's got this hang up about God and people and people being good and He's just a crazy person with no real plan or motivation. And go into the the kryptonite thing. So he wa- he wanted Bruce to take the kryptonite. That appears to be a big part of the plan. Yes, was that he wanted Batman to get the kryptonite. But why is he having Batman jump through all these hoops to do it? Batman like, <laughs> half of the movie is Batman trying to get this kryptonite. And here's the thing. I'm talking uh, the the white Portuguese, the boat, Batmobile chase thing. Mm-hmm. Batman's supposed to be stealthy and stuff. Why not just sneak onto the boat and take it instead of blowing up the entire dock area of Gotham City? <laughs> and if he was just going to take it from LexCorp anyway, why'd he even show up to the boat? Just go to LexCorp. Yeah, just wait at LexCorp to grab it. Also, like, and then we could have a cool, you know, stealth Batman sequence. Because in that security footage, you see him do like that inverted takedown thing. That could have been cool for like a whole sequence. That that was actually kind of a cool. Like, I did like the scene of Lex walking in and seeing Lex Corp just like rattled with bullets. And it's clearly because Bruce Wayne just got a letter about his parents, and he was pissed about it. Like he was just so upset about it. <laughs> It's always the quickest way to get Batman on a rampage. Uh, I thought it would have made more sense because Lex actually offers Bruce to come to his lab. 
Just boost take it. Like, just boost find a way to get the kryptonite or find an easy way for to get security down so Batman can take it later. Like, literally, Lex Luthor's like, yeah, come over. We're gonna, you can work with me and partner on something. Boost comes. He listens to Lex ramble for a little bit, sets up some security things, and then he comes back later. Easy. But, I don't know, this, there's so many problems with this movie. It's a, it's a mess. None of it really, there's cool parts, but none of it really clicks together. Like, what is Clark's problem with the Batman? He has no argument. He has nothing to stand on. They're doing the exact same thing. If anything, he's worse. He leveled an entire city. Here's I kind of agree with people. He's a menace. <laughs> Superman is a menace in this movie. Yes. I will say that compared to the original, this movie does a better job of explaining Clark's problem with Batman. Like, it doesn't just come out of nowhere. There are people that he meets and, like, gets him to slowly investigate the Batman and be like, wow, this guy's a problem. But, yeah, it's completely hypocritical of everything that Superman does. So, yeah, it's stupid. I, I think this movie, I think re-watching it, the biggest problem for me stems from the fact that Zack Snyder doesn't know what to do with Superman. It There are two big Superman characters in this movie that die for no reason. Jimmy Olsen, who is a classic Superman character, gets killed off in the first, like, five minutes of screen time. And then Mercy Graves, I don't even know if you knew this. You know Mercy Graves is in this movie, right? A complete waste of a cool character. Why is she here? Why did you... She doesn't even get to do anything. She dies in that capital explosion. It could have been cool if... Here's where I think the movie could have been interesting, right? Instead, at the end, you know, Batman and Superman decide to team up, right? And at that point, Lex Luthor, instead of making this atrocity of a monster, which we'll get into in a moment, uh, he makes, like, Kryptonian armory for himself, which with some kryptonite, and he becomes, like, the Lex Luthor in, like, the mech suit. And then we also find out with Kryptonian technology, he recreated Mercy Graves into the weapon that she is, and she fights Batman, Superman fights Lex Luthor, they win. That's pretty cool. I think that would have been a cool fight at the end. Better than Doomsday. But they don't even do anything interesting with Lex Luthor or Mercy Graves or Jimmy Olsen, who are big foundations of <laughs> Superman. And, and and as you can see... You didn't see, even have to call that guy right? Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> they didn't. He could have been literally anyone. And look, they, we just had this whole thing about like Lucius Fox and like Gary, where they could have made that interesting. And like now they do the exact opposite. This just furthers my theory that I don't... This just furthers my theory that I don't think Zack Snyder likes comic books. Why not? He seems to think they're silly and only the only ones that matter are the super grimdark, grimdark ones like your, your Watchmen or your Frank Millers. And while those are good and there's stuff to pull from, you can't just enjoy that without, you know, like, knowing some of the other stuff. If you're going to make a movie that's for fans, shouldn't it you know, kind of encompass all facets of these characters? Yeah, he kind of has a disrespect or like a... I wouldn't even say disrespect. Like, a, like he just doesn't care about the foundations of these characters. Like, Batman kills a lot in this movie. And <laughs> way more than... That, I'm going to die on this hill. Batman should not 
kill. It's just one thing. Look, I'm not entirely against it. The only main reason why I'm against it in this universe is that Jared Leto's Joker is alive. Why is he alive if you're okay with killing so many people, (laughs) Batman? And they set up the idea that Joker killed Robin. Why is Joker not dead? Like, (laughs) that Joker should be very dead at this point then. Why isn't Luther dead? He hasn't cornered in a prison cell. He clearly has no problems killing people. Just kill him. You've been branding people. Why is Batman branding people? That's another question I had from this movie. What the heck is... Why is Batman branding anyone? And he... (laughs) He knows what's happening in the prisons. Why is he branding people? And why is the Bat brand a death sentence? Why does that kill people in prison? (laughs) Wouldn't that be a mark of solidarity? Like, oh, you too? Then, yeah, Batman sucks, bro. So Lex apparently is sending people into the prisons to kill kill the branded people. So, So... Okay, okay. If you're Bruce Wayne and you find out that the thing that you're doing is killing the prisoners within it, within the prisons, wouldn't you stop? <laughs> wouldn't you stop branding people then at that point? Or you're just like, eh, and then it's fine. I, I don't get why Batman at one point was like, you know, it would be cool if we branded them. And then went, ah, they're getting killed. Ah, well, I guess I'm going to keep branding them. It's, 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 it's weird. It's a weird idea. That's what gets me. The whole Batman killing people thing. Like, if you want... Again, it's just one thing. It's like, I don't kill people. And you can argue that he's done it before. Whatever. But if you go into, like, comics and stuff, like, that's just one thing. I don't kill people. If you want him to kill people, just go read The Punisher. <laughs> I guess this is Punisher, Batman. That is... I I still will say that this version of Batman is my favorite just because I think Batman has been done to death and he's hasn't been this interesting in a while for me. But the fact that he holds a gun twice in this movie just doesn't sit well with me. I he, the killing the killing effects like I don't like it. But the fact that he's holding <laughs> a weapon that killed his parents is what makes me feel like the most icky inside. It's like, oh, that that's just not right. Batman just wouldn't do that. We all know he wouldn't do that. <laughs> One of my things about Batman that I don't know how to feel about, that sometimes, depending on who's writing him, he has the exact gun that killed his parents just hanging in the manor. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't oh, wow. know how to feel about that. Because on one hand, I guess that's kind of interesting. But also, whoa, Bruce, tone it down a notch. I don't think you need this in your home. I it does sound something in line with what Bruce would do. Just he's so obsessed with it that he would have it just looming. He's over very him. dramatic. He is very dramatic. Um, I don't think. I think I was excited <laughs> for the Snyder cut, like yesterday, and now I'm like, is it gonna be just more of this? We're gonna get more Lex Luthor in this next movie. We're going to get more Superman in this next movie. Uh, And the next movie does deal with a lot of Superman lore. It's going to be Steppenwolf and Darkseid and Granny Goodness and all all these other major Superman characters. Can they do that? Can Zack Snyder do that correctly? Because it's clear to me that he would make a pretty cool Batman movie. Man of Steel wasn't great for me. I don't know about you. 
I'm. I don't know. I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> My expectations have lowered yeah. somehow. <laughs> I think Man of Steel's probably the best out of these, and even that one's just kind of all right. I, I can't bring myself to watch Man of Steel again. Like Man of Steel is so good until Henry Cavill comes in. It's so. It's so good, and then then Henry Cavill comes. In. <laughs> Isn't he in the first shot of the movie? No, I don't think it's about uh, Joel. And like, uh, I would watch a. Russell Crowe Joel movie over a uh, Henry Cavill another Superman movie. That that was the one thing I wanted to get into most about this Superman. This iteration of the character. Now, I I I think the way that you feel about Lex Luthor is the way that I feel about Henry Cavill Superman. He just is so wrong in the ways of being a symbol of peace and hope. And you should be more scared if you live in like Metropolis or Gotham City. You should be more scared if you see Batman walking down the street and <laughs> Superman flying above you. You should be like, oh well, like I guess I'm going to prison. If you're like a, if you see Superman, because he's like, oh he's just gonna pick me up and take me there, whatever. But Batman will break my freaking bones. This Superman is terrifying. This Superman is <laughs> this Superman is scarier than Batman in this world. <laughs> he's just constantly never doing anything that feels like a symbol or feels like a, a he, he is the DC Universe's Captain America and Captain America overall is just like a nice guy who's just like you know sure he'll beat you up but he'll be like he, he has morals you, you know that he is a symbol for good and this one is just a symbol of only controversy <laughs> everyone in this movie doesn't know how to feel about him because Henry Cavill doesn't play him with any kind of happiness or any kind of love for humanity he just plays him like oh i gotta do something i guess i gotta do this i guess i gotta do that yeah being superman feels like an obligation like he clearly doesn't want to be doing this he is just a figure of controversy and destruction if you see him flying above you run because like four buildings are about to come down <laughs> five thousand people in this area are about to die really quickly because of this guy. His whole thing with humanity. He doesn't care about anyone that isn't Lois Lane. <laughs> he, he really doesn't. I do like his death. I do think that little monologue about you're my world was pretty good. But that's the only time I've ever liked Superman in either of these movies. Or Justice League. I, I think every other iteration. Like I'm really trying to rack my brain is better than this one. I think literally every other iteration, there's Christopher Reeves, there's Brandon Ruth, there's Tyler Holchin, there's Tom Welling. They all have this kind of like hopefulness and like you, you kind of believe them as Superman. And this guy is just a horrifying Greek god. Like he is just a massively strong individual that you don't want to come across or else he'll just glare you down and burn your head off. I don't, I don't like this Superman at all. Which I, I guess that's what Snyder was going for. <laughs> that that's the thing. Again, I'm blaming Zack Snyder on this one because I don't think Henry Cavill is a bad actor. Like I've heard very good things about The Witcher, and Justice League wasn't fantastic. But at the end of that movie, he cut. He was kind of like the hopeful Superman. But I do blame Zack Snyder because I don't think he knows what to do with Superman or his lore. Uh, he never nails it for me uh, in the way that he nailed Batman. So, well, 
got most of Batman right, at least. Real quick, what is your stance on swearing on here? Oh, go for it. All right. <laughs> what? You can like this movie, whatever, like what you like. There's only one part of this movie that I think is fucking offensive, and that is the wheelchair guy, <laughs> where he's interviewed about like his condition or whatever, and he says stuff like, he made me half a man, like, I can't peace standing up my wife left because i'm in a wheelchair it's like holy shit that's i don't know that's kind of fucking offensive to anyone that's in a wheelchair like they're not full humans yeah this is people can have full lives if they're in a wheelchair man he's not half a man no i I, i'll give it that i think that they were trying to go for that he was so torn up about it that he never got over it and I guess it's fair that he never got over it, but like, and it just kind of ruined his life. I guess I don't know. It, they did kind of heavily imply. I don't know if you remember that, like, he like puts a picture down of like maybe his daughter and his wife is in it. So you just kind of assume that both of his like his family all died in it, or his wife just left him. And it's like, oh, oof. just don't give this guy a break. I guess, but uh, it to me that felt more like. I don't want to put this on Zack Snyder, but it felt like Zack Snyder's saying, like, hey, this guy's dick don't work. His life sucks. Fucking <laughs> sympathize with him. He's like, I do on some level, but not in the way you're phrasing it. No. Also, I just, real quick, I can't believe that there was just three unencumbered minutes of Jesse Eisenberg peeing into that jar. I didn't expect that <laughs> from this guy. <laughs> Why is that in this movie? Just a big old jar of Luther piss. I think that perfectly sums up this movie. Trying to be smart and trying to make a joke that comes full circle and it just... It's just... Why why are we watching it? It's a lot of piss. It's a lot. Like, that took some time. It took a lot of people or Luther a couple of times. I don't know. And it's not... He's clearly not hydrated. There's <laughs> so many things wrong with the cut. There's just so many things. What am This isn't my observation. I think it, I got this from the Weekly Planet, but one of my favorite jokes involving the piss thing. Like as soon as Clark walked into the building, he should have been like, "There's a jar of piss in here." <laughs> I can't get over this movie. This movie's ridiculous. I will say, I will say it's entertaining. It's entertaining in like a I hate this kind of. Way. <laughs> oh, that remind that reminds me. Uh, going back to your problems with Henry Cavill as Superman, the Capitol explosion, I think, perfect summation. Like, he's Superman. He's got super speed. He's got the breath. As soon as the bomb exploded, he should have been zipping people out of there. He should have put out the fire with his breath. Mm-hmm. He should have done something. He just stands there. He sa- It looks like he saves one person. <laughs> And then he leaves. There are still people in the building. That was, yeah. That's like the biggest thing that happens in this movie. Like, he flies all the way to Mexico to save one person. And then he just, like, he can't save the people that are, like, really right behind him. Which, by the way, are Mexicans ever not doing Day of the Dead in Hollywood movies? Look, we, it was right around the time of Coco, Ricardo. They just had... Was it or was this before Coco? I think this might have been before Coco. Like, nine times out of ten, if there are some Mexicans in a movie, they're doing Day of the Dead. You're telling me you didn't feel represented by that scene, Ricardo? 
You're telling me you For didn't... that one scene where all the, the Mexicans with no lines just kind of stretch their hands out towards him? Yes. I think that we should go to the next, whatever con it is, we dress up as the people from the Day of the Dead, and every time we see a Superman <laughs> cosplay, we go and we go and touch them. We, we just extend our yeah. arms. <laughs> yeah. Let's try to get this trending. Let's try to get as many Mexicans we can at C2E2 to just... just <laughs> We'll play the theme. It'll be great. Um, do you recommend this movie in any way? No, I gotta say no. I can't think of a thing. <laughs> the pros do not outweigh the cons. There's there's too many. <laughs> Agreed. Do you recommend this one compared to the original? I mean, it makes a little more sense because there's some stuff that was cut out that has some like plot stuff in it that makes it a little more cohesive but it's also longer <laughs> it is also longer it's another 40 minutes of your life there's another 20 minutes of just Jesse Eisenberg noises I don't I don't think this is worth your time I don't I think you could watch a recap video of this whole movie or you could just read the Dark Knight Returns or watch the Dark Knight Returns movie like the <laughs> there's a two party those are probably better and shorter True. than this movie uh better Batman vs. Superman fight. We didn't even talk about the Batman vs. Superman fight because that's how unentertaining it is. Oh yeah, that happened. <laughs> they do fight. This movie's like an hour or two hours of build-up <laughs> to this fight. It's five minutes long. It's also not that interesting because the only reason it works is because they're both aggro idiots who won't listen to each other. It's also my least favorite kind of fight. It's just one of them keeps getting the advantage over the other and then just beats him up and then the other one does the same. Like, it's not... It's just Superman waiting for his powers to come back and Batman trying to get kryptonite on him. It's not an interesting fight. You know what? Since we're here, let's talk about Martha. Do we have to... <laughs> Absolutely have to. <laughs> it makes no <laughs> fucking sense. Like, people have tried to rationalize it to me. It's like, oh, this is the moment he realizes he's, he's, he's a man, he's got parents and stuff. <laughs> he already knew that. He has, like, a line before where he's like, I bet your parents told you you were special, yeah. that you're here for a reason. It's like, like, he knows he has a mother. This isn't news to him. The only way it makes sense to me is if he is only saying... No, not even. Because it would have to... Because I think if Superman was saying Martha Kent, because he was trying to give Batman, like, who to look for, to save him, like, hoping that maybe after when Batman's done killing him, maybe he'll go and save her. But then he would have to say her last name, and it would ruin the whole confusion of Martha Wayne and this whole it's a dumb line it's dumb it's it's a dumb part of the scene I do the only thing I do like about that scene is Bruce freaking out when someone says his mom's name like it just it's very in line with the character of Bruce Wayne just gonna be like what, what, what is going on why, why are you saying my mom's name also why did <laughs> Clark phrase it that way so you gotta save Martha why not just say, Safe he's mom. gonna kill my mother? <laughs> he's gonna kill my mother in an alley. He's gonna <laughs> say something really simple. Like, why, why did he say it like that? It's <laughs> he should have said, he's gonna kill my mother in an alley. She's wearing pearls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's stupid. It that also 
it it changes nothing about the situation they're in. Oh, we got the same mom name. I already knew you had parents. This changes nothing. The turnaround is so quick. It, it's very quick. Uh, look, Ricardo, just let's take the get out of the context of the movie, right? A man is trying to murder you, and your mom is across town about to get murdered. Do you trust them to save your mother after they decided to not <laughs> murder you? I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I'd go, no. I'd go save my mom. Also, Superman is so fast, he could fly, save his mom, and then fly to the ship. And another thing, he's also, again, just real bad at communication. Instead of showing up to the fight, being like, hey, Bruce, you gotta listen to me real quick. You've got my mom. We gotta work together. It's Luther. Instead of, I'm gonna shove you, like, halfway across this building and then say, stay down. If I wanted to, I could kill you. Yeah, he <laughs> just threatened him. All- he throws him through a couple of buildings. He, he picks him up and then tosses him around a- quite a bit instead of saying anything real. Should we- you want to talk about <laughs> Doomsday? I don't. I don't want to talk about Doomsday. I don't want to talk about this movie so much. Um, <laughs> Doomsday is atrocious, and I think that it's really ham-fisted in. It's just another reason why Zack Snyder doesn't know. Like, it's just another thing Zack Snyder doesn't know how to incorporate Superman into this world, even though this world started with Superman. Uh, he looks disgusting. I think I've sent you yeah. pictures of, like, Doomsday from Krypton that like the TV sci-fi show that looks better than this one. Why is Doomsday even here? Because not only is it a waste of a good Doomsday design that we're probably not going to see on a big screen for a while now, they also waste the death of Superman because it means nothing now. Like, oh, this guy that was around for two years is, is dead now. Oh, oh well. And they use it as set up for Justice League when in the like comics it brought up all these cool superman characters like steel and superboy and eradicator and cyborg superman and that could have been a really cool like interesting movie that they actually did in the animated uh justice league universe and then he just he's just gonna come back in the snyder cut uh and then the other thing with doomsday i think the worst part is not even his visual design i think his whole energy electricity thing just looks really (laughs) bad like it hurts my eyes it's so bright and it's everywhere and it doesn't look original it, it, it reminds me of every other like beam in the sky yeah. kind of thing you know uh, one of the main things that bugs me about the doomsday fight is when bruce realizes oh it's the spear i gotta go get the kryptonite spear and his logic is i gotta get it to chase me back to gotham city you know the city full of people <laughs> Instead of just going there, getting the spear, and coming back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad logic. Um, <laughs> and even then, give it to Wonder Woman, the person it yes. won't kill. <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about Gal Gadot. She's good in this. She's good. <laughs> she's, she's Wonder Woman. Yeah, for the little bit she's in it, she's she's fine. Yeah. It makes me want to just go watch that movie. That movie is better. Yeah, she's good in this movie. And yeah, she actually has like training with weapons unlike superman and she's a god so like an actual god the thing that we've been talking about this whole movie so give her the spear 
And she's not like allergic to kryptonite. So Oh my god, I didn't yeah. even put that together. Yeah, with all their talk of gods and shit. She's an actual <laughs> god. <laughs> and Luther knows this. Zeus. And he thought the best person to go up against <laughs> Superman was Batman? Some guy? <laughs> he has access to No, look at all of the people he has like he knows about Aquaman. He knows about Cyborg, the Flash, someone who is like equally as fast as Superman. Like, sure, they need like the Kryptonite weapons too. But any one of them with Kryptonite would have been a better plan. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, not a great plan. Not a, not a great plan. Why do they keep trying to make Cyborg happen? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, like he, Cyborg was an established character already, but he wasn't like a a Justice League member. He's only been on this level since like 2011 when they did the New 52 and they kept pushing Cyborg real hard. Yeah. Even though he doesn't really have his own like stories that people can go back to. He's... The only reason people really know who Cyborg even is is because of the Teen Titans show. They should have done a Teen Titans movie. I think it made sense to make another team movie like because dc did do a team movie but they chose suicide squad and in my head it's it was like you have a very established franchise and you have a core member of the justice league as a member of that team you should have made a teen titans movie or just a titans movie i don't know i think ray fisher is pretty good but yeah it's kind of he kind of doesn't really fit in the justice league he should have been green lantern or Ray Fisher is good. I don't, that's just a side thing. Just I find it really weird that it feels almost like a diversity hire for the Justice Leagues. They pick a random character and level them up just so it's not an all-white team. Speaking of people of color on the team that should be on the team at least, where was Martian Manhunter through all of this? Because we know <laughs> for a fact that he is in this movie and he's been in this universe and he never seems to step up. He's just always chilling. <laughs> yeah, he's the, the the general guy, right? Calvin Swanwick, who sends a nuke, who helps send a nuke at Superman. So he he's aware of the whole situation. He's watching the whole situation. <laughs> and talk about another character who's like an equivalent to Superman for a fight for Lex. Like, not that Lex Luthor knows, but if he did, it's just another one <laughs> that he could use. I don't know. Just doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> just never does anything. Such a waste. Uh, this this movie's dumb. This movie's dumb. And Martha thing is dumb. Doomsday is dumb. The floating dirt at the end is dumb. I'm not even mad about the floating dirt. I'm mad that there are six <laughs> scenes at the end of this movie that could have been the end of this movie. There's the funeral. There is <laughs> Bruce talking to Diana. There's Batman in the prison cell. There's... Um, Lois with the wing. There's like there's just like six. There's there's the the pastor or whatever talking about the Clark or whatever. It's like there are six scenes at the end of this movie where I'm like, okay, this is the end of the movie. No, okay, this is the end of the movie. I, I just want to go to bed. Like I'm just so tired at this point. <laughs> Why is there even a big memorial for Superman? Everyone hated him. Just, yes, everyone was. Met. No, there are none of those people who were arguing about him being an alien there. To be like, good. There should have been someone there, like, yeah. Then they beat him up. I would have watched that. That would have been a. That would have made more sense. But <sighs> also, in... if Clark's body is in Kansas, 
What's in the monument? What's in that coffin? Doomsday. <laughs> the remnants of Doomsday. It's a, it's Just a, the remnants it's a cool of Doomsday? That someone thought was pretty funny. <laughs> I guess maybe it's like metaphorical, it's empty, I don't know, but I just thought that was funny. I just think it's such a big parade for someone who just, everyone was always like, well, why is he around? It's, it's, it's too... Why is he around? And also he decimated this city like three times. Yeah, I, uh, this movie doesn't make any sense. There's so many, there's, there's so many things in this movie that don't make any sense. I, I can't recommend it. I assume you can't, like you, like you said, you can't recommend it. Why did we do this? What was the point? Why are we doing anything at this point? <laughs> <laughs> I had the smidgen of optimism for the Snyder Cut. Like, I think like you said yesterday. And then I watched this. It's like, oh yeah, I hate everything about this. <laughs> Snyder does such good trailers that I've just been... Like, he, he just has the music and like all the visuals are there. It's just everything good about a Snyder movie. And then you watch the movie and you're like, oh, no. Uh, so see that's the thing I've said this before I don't think he's a bad director because like visually it looks nice a lot of the visual storytelling is good I just don't think he should do adaptations just let him do his own original stuff where he can do literally whatever he wants yeah like I'm excited for his like uh, zombie uh, heist movie coming out on Netflix I forget what it's called but that one looks that one's good like I'm excited for that and I was excited for the Snyder Cut, and then I watched this. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. He's got... There was one line in this movie that made me think of Zack Snyder as a human being, though. There was one, sign, there was one line in this movie that made me almost empathize with him. And it was, maybe he's not a Jesus or devil character. Maybe he's just a guy just trying to do the right thing. And I think that was Zack Snyder literally just talking about himself. Like, hey, everybody, I'm not that great. And I'm not that bad either. I'm just a dude. <laughs> yeah, he is just a dude. I don't wish him any harm. I just don't think he makes good superhero no, stuff. I don't, I don't think so either, but there's so many people that worship him, and there's so many people that hate him. And I was just like, oh, this is just an ode to himself. This is just him trying to rationalize everything that's happening to him. This movie was tiring. This movie was a lot, and I don't... Yeah, that's definitely a, a, the same word I'd use for it. Just tiring, man. It's a slog to get through. You know what's the worst part? The worst part was that I almost did Captain America the Winter Soldier in anticipation of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And that would have been just a fun time. <laughs> That would have just been a good movie. But I was like, no, the Snyder Cut is the big thing this year. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta buckle down and do this. So we did. We did it, Ricardo. Congratulations. We're gonna we're gonna get those hate clicks, man. Yeah. We gotta, it's all about the clout. Uh, it's all about that. Ricardo, thank you so much for watching this movie and talking to me about it. I know it was a chore, but I think this was fun. <laughs> As you know, Ricardo is from the Pop Culture Reference Podcast. Uh, Ricardo, where can they find you guys? You can find us at Pop Culture Reference Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. If you want, you can reach us at popculturalreferencepod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter under that same name, PCR uh, on Twitter. So, you know, check us out if you want. Yeah, y'all just did a pretty funny episode about the... You watched uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters and Kong Skull Island. It was pretty good. I had, a, I had a blast listening, so be sure to check them out. 
They're fantastic. Uh, thanks for doing this. I'm sorry about this. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only way you could get me to watch this movie again. It's just I have someone to trash it with afterward. If you want more Snyder Cut Talk or do you want more opinions on the Snyderverse, we are doing a dedicated episode to it next week, I believe. So keep a lookout for that. I will. I definitely will. Uh, thank you so much, Ricardo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. Finally, I'm going to leave you guys with a recommendation, as I usually do. This week, I was able to watch Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Now, if you have not seen this animated movie, definitely check it out. It's one of the best Justice League things I've seen in a long time. I watched this in anticipation of the Snyder Cut, of course. It is a animated movie, and it's the finale of a overarching Justice League animated movie universe that is very good, starting with Justice League War and the Flashpoint Paradox. It's spawned a number of great films with the Teen Titans, the Suicide Squad, and the Justice League. And I have to say, it definitely feels like something that maybe Zack Snyder was leading to if he had the opportunity to continue on his vision of the Snyderverse, which may be a possibility now in the future. So if you want to know maybe what Snyder was going for at the end the very end, like an endgame style movie, this is what you gotta see. It centers around Constantine, Raven from the Teen Titans, Superman, and Robin, uh, Batman's son, all trying to fix a broken world ruled by Darkseid. It is absolutely fantastic. It's one of the best animated movies I've seen in a long time, and it does justice to a lot of really cool DC Comics characters. So definitely check it out. I think it's about an hour and 30 minutes, a very short movie, but a good one. And if you get a chance to, check out the DC Animated Movie Universe in general. It's fantastic. That's all I really have for you guys this week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much again to Sean and Ricardo for coming on the show. Be sure to check out Mirage on Spotify and Apple Music. And check out PCR Podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. They are all fantastic, and I'm thankful to both of them for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Enjoy the Snyder Cut, or at least try to <laughs> the way that... I am going to tomorrow. Thank you so much, y'all. Have a good one.